Hello and welcome to this edition of Report Digest. Today I'm joined by Mike Carmody, author of a report titled Deep Brain and Vagus Nerve Stimulation, which can be found over at MedDevice Tracker. Mike, deep brain stimulation is a relatively niche technology. What conditions can it treat and which patients are eligible? Well, at the moment, deep brain stimulation is currently indicated as a means of treating Parkinson's, essential tremor, dystonia, drug refractive epilepsy, and obsessive compulsive disorder, so OCD. The exclusion criteria, however, is rather extensive. Uh, first and foremost, this device is only used as a last resort. The patient has to have undergone other methods of treatment with no success. They will also need a thorough neurological exam to determine if there's any lesions or malformations or tumors within the brain. So if there's no sign of tumors or stroke, a psychiatric examination will occur. So several psychiatric disorders will prevent patients from undergoing DBS surgery, namely acute psychosis, major depression, and dementia. And the case of dementia is the exclusion criteria because it's usually a sign of cerebral atrophy. Uh, for the others, uh, psychosis and depression, DPS will just make it worse. That said, the process of evaluating exclusion criteria is essentially the same for all the disorders I mentioned. However, with OCD patients, there's more uh, criteria that they have to follow, uh, namely a very thorough psychological evaluation to determine whether or not their disorder can be treated with more traditional therapies, so cognitive behavioral, etc. The end result of all this screening is that the majority of people with these disorders are not viable candidates for this technology. Okay, so we know what it is. Who are the major players in the sector? The major market players are the big three, Abbott, Boston Scientific, Medtronic. All of their products are outwardly similar. Uh, simply put, you have a pacemaker device that's implanted underneath the collarbone with wires that lead up the neck through a hole that's drilled into the skull. The wires are led through this hole and attached to the brain where they provide electrical stimulation. However, there are small but very significant differences between each of these uh, product lines, namely the lead design, so the end of the wire, and operating software. So starting with the physical differences, the part of the wire that connects to the brain is called a lead. So it's a very precisely engineered item. This wire is about half a millimeter thick, and the outer surface is covered with multiple small contact points. Now, each company has a different uh, solution as to how these contact points may operate independently, despite sharing the same power source. So they all have a very different um, output methodology in that regard. The biggest uh, difference in my mind, however, is the operating software and overall design philosophy. So in short, uh, DBS devices require continuous calibration to work because the brain is always adapting to the presence. The brain sees this stimulation as a foreign body or an intrusion and will always try to undo the effects of the stimulation, meaning you have to always outplay the brain. Um, so that said, these calibrations are typically done, uh, they typically require visits to a neurologist. So Medtronic is currently a testing process where the technology they have, uh, they're dubbing it Percept, will automatically calibrate itself as time goes on, meaning you don't have to visit a neurologist. It's almost a uh, reactive adaptive system. However, on the other side of the uh, spectrum, 
Boston Scientific is taking more of a conservative approach as their device still requires the patient to visit a neurologist. Um, they've created a, a software called StimView uh, that allows clinicians in real time the ability to create an extremely accurate three-dimensional model of the patient's brain and model how stimulation will affect it. So this will allow for calibration times to be cut from the average of 45 minutes to about 20 minutes while being even more efficacious. Uh, Abbott, however, I personally find this one of the most fascinating. They're taking a more of a middle ground approach. Um, they have created a remote clinic service, telehealth, dubbed Neurosphere. So from the comfort of your own home, you can communicate with your neurologist and remotely receive calibration while sitting on your couch, uh, so long as you have a stable internet connection. So there's no need to travel there. Are there any pure device or pure software developers in the market? At the moment, no. Uh, every company is either engaged in producing at least some physical components or creating some form of software. Uh, even if they're predominantly focused in one area, there's some focus in the other. Um, so, for example, while some companies may partner up with external vendors to create software, such as Boston Scientific working with uh, BrainLab AG to create StimView, uh, they still create the software needed to actually operate the device. Uh, likewise, there is an uh, up-and-coming Italian company called Neuronica. They're trying to enter the market with an adaptive device. While they're not developing the whole DBS, they're still making the... Um, Implantable IPG, the impulse uh, generator, and they are perfecting the adaptive algorithm. But again, they are developing their own physical power source, their own um, hardware, everything that will need to be there in order for their uh, software to work in the first place. A vast majority of the DBS technology market is in the US. Why is that? Are European countries less fond of the technology? Well, simply put, there's two main reasons. Um, first, the American medical system is less risk-averse than the European systems, as uh, in America, the cost is passed either to the patients or their insurance company, meaning, well, the sky's the limit when it comes to funding. European medical systems are, at least in some part, taxpayer-funded, meaning there is a more finite pool of resources, with an emphasis on uh, cheaper preventative care. Likewise, if someone can afford to buy a DBS device outright, they can simply fly to the U.S. to get the surgery performed at their convenience. Uh, the second main reason is all three major producers are based in the U.S. This means a greater degree of access to training and support for the doctors within the country. Uh, however, this may change as there are two emerging competitors that are based out of Europe. Um, one is uh, based out of Switzerland. They're called Eleva Neurotherapeutics. And the other is an Italian company. I just mentioned them, Neuronica. Uh, both right now are working uh, to gain FDA approval, which seems quite likely. So should this happen, uh, I believe a greater share of patients will be European in the future. Okay, brilliant. What are the major market drivers? Uh, simply put, the global population is getting older. Uh, as that average age increases, the chance of epilepsy, <clears throat> Parkinson's, and what have you uh, will be, well, more likely to occur. Um, that said, 
also, as we're understanding this technology more, the exclusion criteria, as I discussed earlier, might become less of an issue. And what are the major market limiters? Is it just cost? Uh, cost and training are a major issue. Um, the device is expensive, uh, to say the least. It's usually between twenty and 30000 American dollars. Uh, then there's the training to actually need to implant it. Uh, the surgery is an extremely complicated affair that requires at least one neurosurgeon supported by a whole team of specialists, all of whom need to know this device backwards and forwards. Um, that said, these people are expensive to say the least, meaning few medical systems and hospitals can actually afford their services. Even uh, in the best circumstances, this would be the case. However, circumstances aren't exactly ideal. Um, the biggest limiting factor right now is the war in Ukraine and its geopolitical effects. Um, the majority of raw resources needed to make a semiconductor or a medical device such as a DBS are produced either in Russia or Ukraine. Either those production facilities have been destroyed or the subject of sanctions. And plus, the situation is getting even worse as two weeks ago, the Taiwanese, who produced the majority of semiconductors on the planet, halted the export of advanced chips to the Russians. The Russians retaliated by halting the export of noble gases to Taiwan. You use these gases to power the lasers that make the chips. No gas, no laser, no laser, no chips. Uh, so that said, this means the Taiwanese would be very hard-pressed to make any chips at all. So the end result is a severe supply shortage for every uh, industry that relies on semiconductors. Okay. Fantastic. Um, moving on to vagus nerve stimulation, the second technology covered um, in the report. How does it differ from deep brain stimulation? Um, first and foremost, vagus nerve stimulation is uh, much less invasive in that a uh, impulse generator is connected to the left vagus nerve in the neck. Uh, so it's right near your carotid artery. Um, that said, the procedure itself is also a lot simpler as it takes between one and one and a half hours, and it's usually outpatient, so you can go home afterwards without any sort of issue. Um, the device is cheaper, it's between nine and twelve thousand dollars. And as of right now, um, the implantable vagus nerve simulators are indicated for let's see, epilepsy, stroke recovery, and major depressive disorder. Some devices are externally applied, so there's no implantation. Um, one example is the Gamma Core Sapphire. What are these devices used for? All right. Um, so the Gamma Core is a device roughly the same size and shape as a uh, stick of deodorant. And it provides electrical stimulation transcutaneously, so through your skin. You hold it to your neck whenever you need treatment. Uh, so at the moment, it's indicated for treating cluster headaches and migraines. But there's a rather interesting study uh, from t this year uh, from uh, Emory University uh, and that in conjunction with uh, Georgia Institute of Technology uh, regarding the effects of this device on post-traumatic stress disorder. And this caught the attention of the uh, US FDA, which gave the uh, device a breakthrough device designation. Um, this is particularly noteworthy as this represents a non-pharmaceutical, non-surgical intervention for a psychological disorder. Okay, brilliant. The vagus nerve stimulation market is dominated um, by Levanova. Um, is that because it has the only sort of, you know, verified real applications? Um, first, I would actually say the main reason is uh, 
patents. I mean, like Cybronics, which is the original company that morphed into Levanova, uh, they created a modern implantable VNS technology as we know it in the 90s, like 1997 is when they got a FDA approval and filed for a patent. Well, in the U.S., patents the last 20 years, and that time period has expired, which well, in 2017. The market opened up around this time. Um, this is like when we start seeing a proliferation of other companies like Microtransponder, et cetera. Um, that said, we're now finally seeing competition emerge. It's not that they were the only ones with a real application, it's just they had the patent. Hmm. Okay. What's next for the market? Um, the report doesn't project super fast growth. Um, why is that? Well, there will be growth. Um, nothing meteoric, though, because of geopolitics severely limiting the supply. The demand's there, but the supply will most likely be the issue. Um, but again, growth nonetheless. The, the main reason is these devices allow for complex disorders to be treated with a minimally invasive solution. Um, at the moment, though, I would say there are some key areas of growth should the supply issues be worked out. The, the reason being is there are several noteworthy trials in progress testing the efficacy of this uh, technology in treating Tourette syndrome, heart failure, sleep apnea, and PTSD. So should any one of these prove to be successful, uh, the list of potential users will grow by a sizable amount. Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much for your time today. Well, thank you, Barnaby. That was analyst Mike Carmody speaking on Report Digest. To learn more about this report, as well as read our other reports, head over to meddevicetracker.com. Our library includes content covering the spectrum of medtech, allowing you to access the information you need when you want it. For any questions, feel free to reach out to me at barnaby.pickering at informa.com. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.